Welcome to Hire It Advisor, the Baker Tilly podcast dedicated to providing insightful guidance and leading practices for college, university, and research institution leaders and board members, experts and thought leaders in higher education finance, institutional operations, collegiate athletics and esports, health and wellness, data analytics, and more. Join our podcast host, higher education practice leader Dave Capitano, for bi-weekly episodes to discuss the latest news in higher education and the impact these trends and changes have on the industry. This is where you come to learn what's really going on behind the scenes at colleges and universities across the country. Hello, and welcome to our Higher Ed Advisor podcast. I'm Dave Capitano, Higher Education Practice Leader of Baker Tilly and podcast host. Today, I'm thrilled to share that we are celebrating our two-year anniversary on our Higher Ed Advisor podcast series. It is a special anniversary episode. We plan on highlighting some of the engaging conversations our team has had and a lot of the emerging and trending topics uh, that we've had with a diverse group of guests. These topics include transformation and innovation, fiscal resiliency, student readiness and success, COVID-19 impact, data analytics, and the evolving collegiate athletics scene with a focus on name, image, and likeness, and perhaps the most critical, student wellness and mental health. There have been many great episodes, and we take a walk down memory lane and think about captivating conversations that we had with all these guests. Then we give our listeners a little bit of a teaser at the end with regards to future podcast series and topics that we think are very relevant to the existing industry challenges. Joining me is my two co-hosts, Christine Smith, Managing Director at Baker Tilly, and our expert with regards to fiscal resiliency, and Adrian Larmet, a principal and leader of our higher education risk advisory practice. These two have had a lot of work with regards to the conversations and uh, really looking forward to picking their brains on some of the topics that we explored over the last two years. All right, so let's get started. Christine and Adrian, before we dive into things, I really want to take a step back and talk a little bit about the why. You know, why do we get our Higher Ed Advisor podcast series up and running? And I'll give you my thoughts and then certainly want to get yours as well. Obviously, prior to the pandemic kind of shutting down our social activity, a big part of our engagement with regards to our client base was really face-to-face, you know, going out, meeting them at their campuses, walking and getting the feel of the culture of the institution, sitting down and talking with the leadership, not to mention the social activities with regards to our conferences and our events that we participate in. You know, a big part of what we do is really that bonding of the relationships with these key decision makers so, so that we can really understand what they're facing and the challenges that exist. And like everyone else, kind of COVID shut that down and we quickly pivoted to a platform that allowed us to have that same level of interaction and connectivity with our clients and the podcast was a natural format for us and kind of got us up and running. So it fit nicely. We didn't waste any time. We jumped right into things and got really hot and heavy with regards to some really interesting guests right off the start. So What am I missing there? You know, anything else that kind of propelled us into this catalyst of doing the podcast? 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Dave. And what was interesting is the topics that the leaders we work with were discussing started to shift a little bit. And there was a lot of innovation required as they started thinking about how is it that we specifically are going to pivot to ensure we have the same level of responsiveness to what our students need? And, and so I think this was a great opportunity for us to get some of that innovation out there real time. Christine hit it on the head. I mean, Dave, like you talked about, the pandemic was something that we were all going through and sharing together. So, you know, you like you said, when we used to go and, and we are going back to campuses now, we got to learn about their culture, their unique experience, their unique identity. So there was that. But being on a podcast and connecting with people as people, we're all going through this shared experience together. I think it brought us together. The thing that I love about our institutional colleagues and, and what they really brought to the podcast was how they tell their stories. I mean, this is their experience. So they're really on the front lines. They're telling these best. And I just thought it was wonderful that they felt comfortable to share those stories with us, to jump in, to not be afraid, not be shy. They were able to come in, share their firsthand frontline accounts for how they implemented and operationalized so much of the change that we were seeing. They interact on an hourly basis with their students, their faculty, their administration, their families, their alumni. I think during COVID, the way they were doing that was a little bit different, but I would think many of them would agree still somewhat successfully, right? So that was really, really cool. And I think the great thing about our podcast is it gives them an opportunity to really showcase their experiences on any number of given topics. Dave, you'll talk about all the really cool things that we've talked about, I can't believe, over the past two years, but we've touched on a lot of different things and they're the experts. So having them on the show has been definitely an honor for me. I know an honor for you guys, and I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about over the next couple of years. I was just going to add on you. I think the thing that I found really intriguing about this time period too was that desire to share back with the academy. And I think the fact that even though they're in what is becoming a more increasingly competitive situation, and they all have very unique experiences, and we have so many stories that we can share, everybody has really been quite gracious and takes seriously their sort of role as being thought leaders within the academy. Here at Baker Tilly, I think one of the coolest things and most fulfilling things about working with our colleagues and our clients across the industry is that we take seriously the time that we spend as value architects and letting our teams really take the time and make the investment in staying up to date on what is going on out in the industry. And specifically, what are the different solutions that we're hearing about that are impactful that we're obligated to share Having the ability to hear about it and then take it and put their own spin on it and successfully implement it is one of the most rewarding things in our careers here at Baker Tilly. I love that you said that because I like that you touched on the fact that even in a remote environment and even in the competitive, heavily competitive environment, we didn't lose that collegiality. That transferred so nicely to the podcast. And even though these schools are competing for a limited number of students, they're still willing to share. It's just... It's the really cool thing about working in higher ed. It, it is definitely a great place to be and a great client base. And, and Christine, to your point, with regards to being a stewards in the industry, you know, Baker Tilly takes a lot of pride in the fact that we have the ability to kind of walk alongside our clients along these journeys. And I believe that they respect us for that. And they hold us in high regard with regards to our credibility to walk that journey with them. 
And we set up a podcast to put an infrastructure in place to have conversations, but we also set it up in a way that uh, those conversations felt comfortable and safe for institutions to come forward and have those difficult conversations. Let's jump into them. Let's recap. But before we do that, I did think it was important to just to read out some statistics for our audience, because obviously our listeners are a big part of our success. So here's what happened. We have done 49 episodes of the Higher Ed Advisor. We've had 15 Baker Tilly professionals share their specialization and insights. We've had the pleasure of welcoming guests from 23 different institutions, and we had 11 other industry luminaries join the podcast. That, that is a bunch of rock stars that showed up to talk to us. So let's dive into that a little bit. So one of the biggest and most listened to series was our fiscal resiliency series. And Christine, you did an excellent job leading those conversations. I mean, this was some difficult stuff here. So give us some thoughts. Tell us a little bit about some of those guests that really resonated with you. Certainly, Dave. And, and I think, you know, that the topics of fiscal resiliency, institutional transformation, innovation are things that we've been advising our college and university clients on for years, but they became really, really relevant in the last few years. And I think we have seen that dialogue exponentially grow among our colleagues in, in higher ed. And, and I think, you know, in, in particular, their need to kind of pivot how they're offering academic and other services was sort of the catalyst for, for having some great conversations. On two different occasions, in June of 2021 and in April of 2022, we talked with Westchester University's President Christopher Florentino and Executive Vice President and Provost Dr. Lori Bernatsky. And in the first episode, Chris and Lori explored how data analysis and financial forecasting informed decisions on enrollment management, how they program for academics and equity attainment, while also allowing institutions to strategically manage their resources while responding to evolving student support demands. I found, and, and I think we all found, Chris and Lori's discussion to be so informative that we invited them back for yet another podcast. And in part two, they actually dove deeply and gave a holistic description of the process that they use to evaluate their academic program array. And, and that's a sort of a conversation that we're seeing a lot of people really talk about, and that's, is our academic program array market relevant? And if it's not, what do we do to change it up? And so that discussion focused on their model of how institutions can determine for them what is the right complement of academic programs based on kind of what's going on both within their institution in terms of their academic strengths, as well as what's going on in their regional and, and local economies. So that was a fascinating couple of podcasts. I really enjoyed Chris and Lori's conversations and just the ones that were on the podcast, certainly, but we've had many more of both of them and we're going to hear from them uh, again, no doubt. So thank you for that one. But we didn't stop there. So tell us a little bit more. The thing I want to say, too, before I talk about the next sort of topic within fiscal resilience is there are so many others that we know we want to do, but stay tuned because we've got some other podcast in, in the works on that topic. You know, as it relates to institutional transformation, another area that we're seeing a lot of interest and sort of people really adopting a change in, in thinking is as it relates to shared service models. And in February of 2022, 
we actually talked to Eric Davis, the Vice Chancellor of Human Resources for Minnesota State Colleges and Universities System, about how shared services can be an asset for institutions. What I really liked about that podcast was that Eric was very candid, extremely critically candid on both the upside and the challenges of standing up a shared service model. And, you know, I think we spent quite a bit of time exploring with him what the key benefits actually can be, the positive impact on staff capacity, the consistent access to expertise, and the enhanced risk mitigation that came with a more centralized approach to human resources transaction management. In reflecting on the experience at Minnesota State, the biggest learnings were that it's really key to have an intentional and effective governance and project managed infrastructure and also that the significant cost savings that people expect to be realized in the short term aren't really a reality. And thus it's important really to be crystal clear about what are the outcomes that are expected and in what time frame. And that was something that Eric shared that they had to do a bit of a reset on when they stood up their shared service model at Minnesota State for HR transactional services. Another very fascinating episode that we had was with Lenore Reduccio, who is a thought leader on community college issues. And our two episodes with Lenore really focused on adapting to the need to be attuned to specifically what students are telling them their needs are and to do so by leveraging technology to support those unique needs. And then also to really consider the benefits of building private and public partnerships as you're thinking about what it is specifically that students are becoming to higher ed looking for as they consider their career pathways. In November, we actually had another conversation with Christine Plunkett, president of Iowa Wesleyan University, and we talked first to her and her vice president for advancement in athletics, Derek Sander, about a more fiscally sustainable approach to ensuring student success by being fiscally sustainable and restructuring your debt. Really, where are you going to make your investments to make sure you're focused on student success? And Chris came back in, in January and talked more specifically about being a student-ready institution and aligning all of those resources behind what is necessary to become that student-ready institution. So excellent conversations with President Plunkett. Yeah, Christine, I really enjoyed the conversations with Chris and it, you bring up a really good point because not only did we talk about how Iowa Wesleyan uh, was talking about student readiness, but also how they're connecting that conversation with regards to an important part of their campus culture and that's their athletic programs and you know, bringing those two together with regards to a real strategic focus on identifying that ideal client and making sure the institution has those things in place to allow those students to be successful through that student journey. So I certainly had great conversations there. That kind of brings us to one of our second topics that really had a lot of uh, momentum, and that was collegiate athletics. And many of you remember that when COVID hit, a lot of the conversation was regarding potentially closing down a lot of these athletic programs and trying to figure out the ROI with regards to the investment in these programs. And there was a lot of pushback and we could go back and name a lot of institutions that kind of made announcements of programs being discontinued and then coming back and putting them back in play because sometimes the ROI or the return on these programs isn't just easily defined on a spreadsheet. And Adrian, you and I had a lot of interesting conversations with individuals in this area 
And it wasn't only about the ROI, but it it migrated to other conversations around NIL and, and student mental health and wellness. This was a really interesting series for us. But a couple of people I did want to point out because I you know really really thought that analytics played a real critical role in helping make educated decisions. So in June of 2021, we had the University of Pittsburgh's Director of Athletics and Analytics, Richard Thurnquist, and his Associate Athletic Director for Business Services, Ryan Varley. They both came on the podcast and gave us a really good insight on how the University of Pittsburgh is aggressively using data not only to help evaluate how the program is performing with regards to the financial side of the equation, but also diving into data with regards to the performance of the athletes on the field as well. So really thought that conversation was very interesting. And again, if you're interested, get back to June of 2021. I think that's worth listening to a second time. NIL kind of came upon us. It was there, it was out there, but we quickly pivoted into that area because of the significance of that affecting our students and the compliance issues in our campuses. So in August of 2021, we had the privilege of having Christy Dosh on our podcast. And Christy is with National Sports Business Reporter and Analysis and founder of the Business of College Sports. And Christy took us down the first 100 days of NIL really diving into the challenges that are being seen, not only with regards to campus leaders in this area, but the athletes themselves. And Christy has gone on to do many, many more podcasts in this area. So if you're interested, I would certainly encourage you to follow her and her journey as she continues to work through NIL. And I believe we're going to see a lot more conversations as that unfolds as well. So Adrian, tell me, you you walk up this journey with me. What are some of your key moments and takeaways? Absolutely. I have to concur with you about Christy Dosh, though. One of the first podcasts I listened to about NIL to learn about NIL, Dave, was your your conversation with Christy. It was it was fantastic. So definitely it was a great Cliff's Notes journey into learning about this new topic. I like how you, you talked about schools and looking at the finances of athletics and ROI, but I think a lot of schools also learned that they don't have athletics programs without their athletes. And so we definitely saw a big pivot and focus to looking at athlete mental health. You know, unfortunately, over the past couple of years, the pandemic stresses and the stresses of being a student athlete were unfortunately too much for some students. And we saw some student athlete suicides, which is horrifying. And no institution wants to face that. Um, I think the positive thing that came out of that was this new focus on student athlete mental health. And one of the biggest advocates in the business for this is Rachel Berrybow. And we were fortunate enough to have her on the podcast in October of 21. Rachel's the founder of the I'm Changing the Narrative movement. And she's actually a former national sports broadcaster. And now she advocates for student athlete mental health. The great thing about Rachel is that she's really normalized talking about athlete mental health and what she's doing now, and this is just her personal passion, is empowering schools and athletes to advocate for themselves. I think, Dave, you would agree, Christine would, would agree, she's saving lives. And we're part of that. This podcast was another avenue and another platform for her to share that message. So again, just wonderful to be a part of that. We've seen so much in student athletics. And Dave, I don't even think we even really got into the esports 
element and just the massive rise of that, especially in a remote environment, we just saw an even bigger explosion of esports. And I loved having Dana Husted from Florida Institute of Technology on. She joined us and she's got a pretty cool history in esports. I mean, she was a former gamer, former coach, but she was brought on by the Florida Institute of Technology to build a program from the ground up. And she shared that journey with us from, you know, gaining the funding, building that coalition on campus, building a new facility. And what we learned about that was her journey, her takeaways, and also the benefits that she's seeing to both campus and community engagement. So I thought we really liked that. And then there's also the uh, the women in esports angle, um, which is something that is is a really big focus. So I mean, Dave, I think we could spend hours on this podcast talking about our favorite student and athlete episodes, but those are two of my favorite that really stick out. Yeah, I, I certainly would agree. Esports clearly falls under that bucket of innovation and how schools uh, were clearly looking for a different way. As we went on our higher ed advisor podcast journey, many schools looked to uh, esports journey and we were able to walk that with them as well. And so I'll tell you that as I'm talking about it, I, I got to I got chuckle a little bit and really reflect on my conversations with Doc Haskell. Doc was on our podcast twice, and, and he's a pretty household name when it comes to esports. Doc is a varsity esports head coach, associate clinical professor at Boise State University, and what a personality! I mean, that guy just lights up a room. And I can remember the first podcast where he came on and. Just the background with regards to their esports uh, facility. And he said, Dave, he said, we're doing this on video, right? I said, Doc, unfortunately, it's only audio, but our audience would love to see your background. So, yeah, Doc is a favorite of mine and a big fan uh, of his as well. And I know their audience love talking with him. So, Christine, you mentioned we could go on and on and on, but we know that our listeners are getting a little impatient with us because that is a lot of memory lane right there. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up here. What's in the future? I mean, we're, clearly a lot of these topics are going to continue to evolve. We're going to have more individuals come on the podcast. So put the crystal ball on the table and tell me what you're seeing for the future conversations. Christine, let's start with you. Excellent, Dave. There's so many topics, right, to showcase in the in this area, but I think some of the things that we really do want to highlight moving forward are just that conversation about the transformation of the higher ed industry and, and specifically what is sort of critical to, to have happen. In fact, we are partnering with Nakubo, AGB, and CIC on a joint project which is addressing what can help institutions to be successful as they are transforming their models of serving students and maintaining fiscal sustainability at the same time. So stay tuned for some podcasts on that topic, as well as how transformation can really be positively impacted by partnerships, both partnerships such as workforce development partnerships by community colleges with their local business community, as well as P3 types of partnerships across all institutions, whether that be for the building of facilities or creating new programs in those facilities, and in some cases actually highlight how one institution created in collaboration with a health system partner, a new degree category that was lacking out, out in the market. So really exciting, innovative stuff that talks about that transformation of, of the business model and of the higher ed industry. I really 
want to talk with our institutional colleagues about what they're seeing from the shift in the job market and how that's really impacting their ability to serve their students and to serve their faculty and, and their administration. You know, recent surveys have identified a potential risk in administration in that over half of university employees say they plan to leave their job in the next year. As we tie it back to athletics, we're seeing challenges with universities being able to uh, recruit coaches. So what does that mean for their student athletes? We know that student affairs and mental health professionals are, are burning out themselves and leaving institutions. So how are institutions going to make sure that their students have the resources that they need and their administration, their faculty too? And then there are there other concerns? If we don't have administration there to monitor internal controls, are there potential fraud risks? Are we going to see more, more instances of theft and, and misuse of university resources? So maybe we have our, our colleague from the uh, Minnesota State System back and, and talk a little bit. You said, Christine, about shared services, but what is he seeing from that HR perspective? Would love to just learn more about that. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, we could go on and on. Cybersecurity, fraud, institutional challenges, workforce development, uh, the, the list continues to go on and on. All right, let's do some final thoughts and let's get this podcast uh, wrapped up. So, Christine, final thoughts. Just in reflecting on everybody we've had on and, and all of the sort of sharing that's been done by our colleagues, the transformation journey that I keep referring to is, is really unique for each one of our institutions. But there are actually strategic approaches and tools and lessons learned from across the industry. And I think this podcast series really is how we are, I guess, able to facilitate really important and impactful conversations to help our clients architect the plan they need to achieve market sustainability, fiscal resiliency, and the ultimate goal, student success. That's where I would leave it. This is a fabulous series that I'm so honored to be part of. I think we'd all agree, and Dave, just the really wonderful group of guests, both Baker Tilly professionals, our university colleagues that we'd had on, I mean, I think we'd all agree it's such an interesting time to work in higher education. I think everybody would agree that higher education historically has been maybe slower to adapt and change. Uh, what I think is interesting about this point in time, though, is that higher ed's really being compelled to change and innovate and be creative in the way that they deliver uh, and the way that they support and that they respond to student needs. And maybe higher education is changing even more rapidly than other industries right now, which is which is kind of interesting, right? They were lagging and now they are somewhat leading. And I think what energizes me, I think what energizes all of us is that no two days are the same. No two schools are the same, even though they're going through a lot of shared challenges and opportunities to also succeed. No two projects are the same. And it's really energizing. Um, there's always something new to learn, to support, to help out with. And, you know, I'm really excited to look back a few years from now and see all of the new topics that we can't even imagine right now on this podcast, what we're looking back that we've talked about and who we've brought on. So like Christine said, I'm just, I'm honored. I'm excited, energized. Can't wait to continue to do this with you guys. I'll tell you from a personal note, no matter where my day is headed, when I come off one of these podcasts, I am way above the line. I am just soaring with regards to that flow of energy. So here's the thing. We are always looking for interesting conversations. We are always out there exploring and we want to hear from you. So uh, give us a buzz. Let us know what you're up to. Let's share your stories. We want to share your stories. We want to embrace those stories with others. And 
you know, we're very proud of the clients we represent, and I know you're very proud of your institution. So we want to continue to talk about that as, as we continue to roll out our series. Thank you for joining us today. To receive notification when new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly US wherever you get your podcast.